0: <laughs> okay, so, Jonah, you want to give us the intro, since this is your wait, baby? Wait.
1: you guys can hear me, right? Yeah.
0: No, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to be doing NBA, first team, second team, third team, and then defensive teams.
2: And rookie teams.
0: And rookie, baby. And bro, okay. I'm, I'm going to
1: run out of players.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I only really thought about first team, so okay,
1: that's this is okay. going to be
0: I- J- Jonah's show.
1: I have my first, second, third team right now. So. Okay, fire. All right, cool. No,
0: we, yeah. barely, we've, <laughs> we barely have the collaborative effort on the first team. I
2: know. So, <laughs> I know, we'll be rookies. Do you want me to just to breeze through, like, the rookie and the defense stuff? First oh, yeah, again, fire. You want
0: to start out with that, and then we'll get we'll work our way back up to the top like we did on the other episode.
2: Yeah, so the all-rookie teams – I actually found them to be exceedingly difficult to predict because usually at this point we would have had the entire summer leave under our belts as well as the few preseason games. Like we we would know who these guys were pretty well, as well as like knowing who would fit into their rotation in what sort of role. Like for half of these guys, I just kind of struggled to see where the minutes were coming from, which I think sort of led me to predict these a little bit more. Conservatively, I think everybody remembers before the preseason started. I predicted um, Anthony Edwards would be the rookie of the year, and he has not. The early returns on Anthony Edwards have not been overwhelmingly positive in Minnesota. I'm gonna stick by that pick though. Just about LaMelo, though, dude, rookie of the year, you're going, yeah, that's what that's who that's who Channon's prediction was. And I actually, I've liked. I've liked what I've seen from LaMelo so far. I mean, there are very few rookies who are, like, we've gotten spoiled with John Morant and Trey Young and Luka Doncic and these guys who have just been able to come in and, like, automatically be able to run an NBA offense and automatically have that, like, veteran feel for pick and roll and making the correct reads on a possession-by-possession basis. And so, like, LaMelo Ball, he I, he's not going to be that guy. Like, he, the learning curve is a very real thing for him. Yeah. There are still... Like it still feels like it's moving fast. From he sort of overextends himself at points, but he has shown like those flashes of the tremendous feel and the tremendous vision he has. And I think more than anything, that's that's what has been encouraging for me. Be, because whenever I like watch these rookie point guards and watch these new um, all handlers in the NBA, really what you're looking for is just those flashes of feel and the flashes of that brilliance that will translate once um the iq and sort of the um knowledge of an nba offense catches up and so lamello definitely has those raw tools so I, he was my number one prospect in the draft and I, I the early returns on him i've liked what i've seen shannon okay. do you have anything to add oh yeah, yeah.
1: yeah uh i just think we're seeing from the stuff we've seen from um like obviously he's not shooting well so far but i think we see he's really nba ready he's like extremely confident, which I think is going to translate over to a solid season.
2: So Yeah, 100%. The confidence is a big thing. One last Lamella thought before we move on from him is the scoring is going to be something that he needs to work on because the passing is good. But until he has some sort of like jump shot or ability to finish at the rim, like the passing, like most, most of the lowest hanging fruit that he can pick with his um, passing ability is just not going to be available to him because right now defenders can just sag below the screen and pretty much go under on everything because he's not going to punish him with that jump shot off the dribble. And he's not like this Ben Simmons, Giannis, Santa LeBron James level athlete, where if you go under the screen, you're just giving him like a head full of steam to get to the basket like he's not that level of finisher he's he does, he's not extraordinarily athletic he's like he's got solid touch around the rim and he's a pretty crafty guy but he just isn't consistent he's not powerful enough to um disincentivize defenders from ducking below that screen so just having sort of that change up like even John Morant last year far from an amazing shooter but even he sort of learned that having that jump shot is a prerequisite to being able to run an effective pick and roll as like the lead guy in a solid offense so yeah. the, the scoring is going to have to be something that catches up for lamella i tend to think that the three-pointer is going to develop like he just has such good touch the jump shot
0: <laughs>
3: doesn't
2: good. look amazing but it, i but i mean i it's not that he, bad he's just yeah and he's, he's a seventy-five
3: 70- on shooting in the first game or whatever
2: yeah he went over five on shooting but he was a 76 percent free throw shooter in australia generally guys who are in the mid 70s like have pretty good touch generally that um generally that is pretty predictive of shooting success in the nba so i think that i think that's kind of like the key to Lomelo really unlocking his game is just maybe getting that jump shot a little bit more consistent but i think he does and i also i had him on my first team all rookie so my first team all rookie was anthony edwards killian hayes of detroit Mm-hmm. I had Lamelo Ball. I had Obi Toppin, who we talked about a lot on our last podcast. I think two, two I think Wesley and Hayden both predicted him for Rookie of the Year. And I, then I also had James Wiseman of Golden State. I mean, yeah. So
0: what's Onyeka been
2: doing? Yeah. So Onyeka has he had a good game, off, didn't he? What?
1: Oh, never mind. Wrong guy. Never mind.
2: Yeah, he's gotten off to a bit. He he hadn't really played recently. He was coming off a bit of an injury, so he's kind of just getting eased back into it. He's played like very limited minutes. So I haven't really seen much of. I haven't I haven't watched what he's been on the floor. But isn't, from what I, but it, from
3: is isn't Obi Toppin yeah. on the Cavs? No, which one's on the no. Cavs that did really good? Isaac yeah, that's Kikora. what I'm thinking
2: of. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. did
0: really good. That one
3: game. Yeah,
2: Isaac Okoro has been. Yeah, I got. He's got a. He's like the MVP of the pre. Well, it's not the MVP, but he's yeah, he's playing really well. He's so. MVP
0: of the first three games.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Didn't the <laughs> did, uh, Didn't the Doves play tonight, Kellen? Huh? Didn't the Doves play tonight? Yeah, they won. Yeah,
0: they played the Kings. Yeah.
2: Hey, hey, Jonah, yep. can you give us a little? What do you think about Kyle Guy, dude? <laughs> yeah. So Kyle Guy, I didn't know much about him. Like, I mean, obviously, we all remember watching that Virginia and. Taking down the Mighty Ducks in the Sweet Sixteen a couple years back, and I, they won the championship that year, if memory serves. So, he had a tremendous college career. I hadn't watched a lot of them. Yeah. I don't. I don't get a chance to catch very many Stockton Kings games. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm in, in the G League. I didn't. I didn't get a good feel for him. But I've. I actually have watched every Kings preseason game there too, against the Blazers, and then both the Warriors were on national TV, so I right, watched yeah. all four. And so I've got a pretty good read on Kyle Guy now. And I actually think as a fourth guard, he might not be the worst thing offensively because the Kings, they've shown this um desire to play a faster brand of basketball this year, sort of take advantage of some of the athleticism they have on the wing between like De'Aaron Fox, their rookie, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald. He's a guy who, if you play in transition and get him some open looks in three from three, that should be something that really gives a boost to your offense. And I like the way Kyle guys kind of fit into that mold. He's been able to run mostly with the second unit, mostly playing along Tyrese Halliburton, but he's a good passer in transition. Got, he's got good vision. And then the shot is obviously the big thing with him, just being able to space the floor, being able to like have that gravity to really open up the court in transition, I think is going yeah. to be a, something that really helps this offense as sort of a lead guard running a pick and roll, even on a backup unit. I don't know if that's ever going to be his game. And the on ball defense is something that worries me as well. But as the fourth guard for the Kings, like yeah, I I think he's fine.
0: Yeah. What have you been liking what you've been seeing from the um fifty-five win Warriors? Yeah, I mean more than it's anything, Kind of just, sloppy at times, huh? Yeah.
2: Yeah. But, but Steph looked good. Yeah, Steph's looked good. And that's that's really the one thing you're looking for. I mean, I would have loved to see what Draymond well not Draymond, because you know Draymond's not gonna be. But fine. did
0: Draymond play today?
2: No, no, he didn't. I would have loved to see what James Wiseman looked like. Oh, yeah. The but.
0: You're gonna see a lot of what James Wiseman. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I have him on first team so yeah. yeah. So I guess to just pivot into my second team, Tyrese Halliburton is. Okay. The first one. So yeah, they watched- really
0: liked him on like the broadcasters or whatever
2: when I was yeah. watching
0: the Warriors.
2: Team of rookies, bro. There's not a third team, is there? No, only the first. Third
0: team, all rookie. <laughs> I
1: I
2: I wish there was a third hey! team. Oh, they maybe, every rookie, and maybe Matisse Thibault would have gotten some respect last year. I wanted him to make <laughs> a team, but it you know, was not to be. But yeah, Tyrese is a guy who I think is going to get a lot of steals. Like he's off. He's already been getting like two or three a game. Like he plays hard. Um, I, w- I wish he was a little bit more aggressive with the shot. That was kind of that's sort of what I thought his like big thing was going to be um, coming into the NBA. is just sort of that off ball shooting. He was a tremendous shooter at Iowa state, another guy who kind of has a weird looking shot, but just tremendous touch on, he has a solid float game as well, but he's been a little bit more laid back on the offensive end, which, you know, is, is to be expected from a rookie who is more of an off ball player anyway. Um, the thing that would worry me is, um, especially if they continue to play with Kyle Guy, Halliburton, obviously, the much more skilled defender out of those two. But that most likely means that Halliburton's going to be spending some time guarding point guards. And I don't love that just because Halliburton's a guy who has such great off ball and sinks, jumps passing lanes, gets steals, gets deflections, all of that stuff. I'd much rather have him guarding a guy playing off ball so he can sort of make those reads. I think he would be more disruptive in that role. So I, I feel like in order to unlock some of his like more useful skills, I would pair him next to a better on-ball defender. But, I mean, like it's the Kings, they don't necessarily have that guy. Like maybe Corey Joseph, but not a whole lot of creation on the floor at that point. Not a whole lot of shooting. so. It's just I, he's going to be a tough guy to fit around for most like backup units. I actually think when he's on the floor with Gear and Fox, that, that should be nasty because they'll be getting up and down the court. They'll be forcing turnovers, getting out in transition. But yeah, so I would I wouldn't be surprised to see the Kings look for lineups with um, Halliburton and Fox together. So yeah, Halliburton second team all rookie for me.
0: What do you think about Marvin?
2: Marvin Bagley. I mean, yeah, if he can stay healthy, he should be.
0: Looks like he was kind of. Nice.
2: Yeah, I nice. mean, yeah, he's kind of a big piece to them for me, just because having that big man who gets up and down the court as well as the guards do, mm-hmm. that'll be a big thing for their offense. I don't necessarily know what their plan is at center. Like maybe if Marvin Bagley has a good year, we would see less of like Rashawn Holmes and Hassan Whiteside, which w- would probably be very helpful to the offense. But I mean, it all comes down to can Marvin Bagley a stay healthy and b guard centers? and that's that's really what is going to define his career like that's going to be what takes him from like a third big in somebody's rotation to like a starting caliber NBA player so yeah so I mean he's he's it he would be huge for Sacramento yeah. if Marvin Bagley can have a good season I I'm not super sanguine about that being the case but we'll see
0: was your sister digging how Hassan Wideside was getting minutes on uh, yeah. national tv two times yeah. in
2: a row yeah he, he played for really?
0: Yeah, no, yeah, he he was playing good. He I forget who he I think it was Kavan. He stuffed him the other day.
2: Yeah, I mean yeah, he's, he's good. Yeah, he gets a lot of blocks. I mean, if you can have a if you can have a defense set up where he doesn't have to like go more than six feet from the basket at a time like <laughs> actually pretty good. Like, he's a solid room protector. I think Hassan's... Oh, he's a very good room protector, protector yeah. yeah. He's kind of turned underrated a little it, bit. In my it was
0: opinion. so funny. In, like, the fourth quarter of that first Warriors game, everybody was low-key exhausted. And so, yeah. like, it looked like everyone was playing in slow motion. And Hassan was just putting up shots. It was so funny. That's he funny. did, like, a Euro that took, like, four seconds to get to the rim.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. On, on the fast break, and it was an in <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah.
0: And are, then he had, um, like, a fadeaway. Like, he did, like, a mid-ranger.
2: Yeah. his another thing that I think gets underrated. But, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, solid opening weekend for Hassan. The next yeah. guy who I'm going to include on my all rookie teams is Peyton Pritchard, who really impressed me um, in his first game with the Celtics. And he's gonna get he's going to get some time right away just because Kimba being hurt – This is, he he might be better than Jeff Teague already. And that's crazy to say because Jeff Teague has been in the NBA for so long.
3: (laughs) What? But Peyton Pritchard's a god, bro. He's like,
2: he's (laughs) filthy. Yeah. I mean, I think that shooting is just going to be such a big thing for them because you can't take anything from pre, well, you can take, you can't really take anything too meaningful from preseason but I went into the season with some very real questions about what the Celtics' creation is going to look like, like who's going to be setting up shots for the offense, and just sort of what that was going to look like when Kimba Walker was hurt. And even if Kimba Walker is coming back, like there's no guarantee that he's going to be the same guy. Like all the knee stuff going on with him, like it just is not very promising. Too many so, standbacks? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was – um it was me, yeah, so I just think having another guy who can run, pick, and roll, who can shoot, who can kind of spread out the defense, so puts less pressure on, like, Jason Tatum or, like, God forbid, Brad Stevens decides to have Marcus Smart be the lead initiator on in the offense. Like, I oh just boy. think that.
0: Oh, boy.
2: I just think, like, I mean, Marcus Smart is a fine player. I love Marcus yeah. Smart, but I, I think if he's, like, their starting point guard and the guy who's, like, running offense, like, I, I – don't think there's any chance that that's going to work. So, I mean, I think having Pritchard is sort of like that change of pace guy who could maybe a little bit more of a scoring mindset and his passing looked fine too. So, yeah, I think Peyton Pritchard is a guy who, like, you could see play well right away. Speaking, another guy in the Eastern Conference on a conti- – well, not a continuing team, but on a playoff team who has looked promising so far is Malachi Flynn of the Toronto Raptors. And there's been a lot of buzz going around – that malachi flynn like is out playing Lamelo ball and like malachi flynn is already the better pr- prospect i mean like yeah that was always going to be the case like malachi flynn like had a long career at san diego state he's older but so like he's more developed he's more confident making plays in the pick and roll but like Lamelo's a good amount younger he's way taller more athletic and just has like more natural feels like Lamel is still the better prospect like sure Malachi's outplayed him but I mean that doesn't really change too much but anyway Malachi Flynn is going to be a very real part of this Raptors rotation in my opinion Um, especially like if they choose to play like Lowry and Van Vleet next to each other quite a bit and then you can have Malachi Flynn coming off the bench and sort of running the bench offense and he can shoot. He can, he's already a pretty polished playmaker. I think even off ball, he's a guy who could provide a pretty good amount of value. So just having Malachi plan, I think he's got a chance to be a pretty good player for him and contribute right away. Desmond Bain for the Grizzlies. I've talked about him before. They're just so shooting starved, especially with some of the John Morant lineups, having um, a guy like Bain, a 40% college Um, three-point shooter on tremendously high volume that's just going to be something that they really absolutely need to open up the offense for them and then my last pick is a guy who we have already talked have we talked about this guy on the podcast before Devin Vassell of the Spurs just I think he's a ready-made three and D prospect the shot I'm not concerned about it at all. It's looked pretty good. I have only seen highlights of him with the Spurs. I haven't actually caught a full San Antonio game yet, but I'm pretty excited to see how Devin this translates. He's a little bit more, he's a little bit more like polished than your traditional rookie. So maybe you see great Popovich sort of waver from his usual tendency to not give rookies so much time. So yeah, those are my two all-rookie teams. Do any of you guys have any sort of comments before we move on?
0: Uh, my comments no. is so did Malachi, he was he was on Washington State that's where i think i recognize him from right yeah i think san
2: diego state but i i see him like in a washington
0: state jersey here
2: maybe he transferred and
0: yeah i think he probably transferred cuz i feel like He's i i recognize the... him from yeah.
3: somewhere bro but what about ball ball dude that guy's a rookie apparently <laughs> He's yeah
2: i don't see him getting enough playing time on the Nuggets. I, dude, I
3: apparently he's shredding it, dude. I saw like the Instagram post, and he was like,
2: "Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big bull bull guy. I think his skill set's useful on offense to have a seven footer who can like rebound with decent touch, and so being able to hit like those mid range floaters, like it's an easy shot for him to get off. I think on offense he could be effective. On defense is just where I'm really concerned about him." Because he can't really—he's way too skinny to guard centers. Like he just gets thrown around like a rag doll by like your traditional NBA centers, mm-hmm. and like such slow feet. Like I mean, he's a—he moves well for a seven-footer, but I mean, like putting him on like forwards is just never gonna work. So yeah, I'm, i i you- I'm intrigued by the offensive skill set, but I just don't necessarily see how he stays on the floor at this point.
0: Uh huh. Can you explain to me? i well. First of all, I'm gonna say this, so you don't have Nico Mannion making a second team.
2: No, he was he <laughs> hey. he was an honorable mention. He it was it was a tough exclusion.
0: Um, but for some, why why were the Kings were playing when he was driving? Why was everyone collapsing on him? Because it made kickouts really easy and guys were wide open. Like, like I don't yeah. understand. Like um, I don't understand. I, it's not like he's that crazy of a threat. It's like. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I don't. No, I don't really remember that part of the game. Sounds like I bad mean, D. What's up? That just sounds like bad D. <laughs> was Was the passing good from Nico? though? like, did it look like he was? Was he at least hitting the guys and stuff?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I he's not gonna be on the floor really much at all this year because you've got Curry, you've got Wanamaker. It looks like they're gonna try to.
0: He just kind of. And sometimes he, Jordan Cool. He just looks like a guy that isn't quite doesn't quite believe he's in the NBA right now. I don't think. Yeah, and I mean, there's still rightfully stuff. so. He's literally our age playing with full-grown men.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like the book from Nico Mannion is far from he's like good. I,
0: I, I, he's fine.
2: Yeah, like well, we'll see. I, there. I think this will be more of a just waiting in the wings in development year for um for sure. Okay, all defense,
0: but, baby. You got Dream about making a team or what?
2: No, I don't. I don't have. Oh, friends. I'm mute. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Shannon, Did you make a team for all defense or
1: no? I haven't no. yet, but I can quick. I'm probably actually looking Make it looking at my other teams.
2: Okay, cool. So I guess I'll just lead off with my first team at guard. This was a pretty easy one. I we talked about him last podcast, but Ben Simmons, um, just a tremendous athlete. Gets a bunch of steals. Guards really every position, one through three, even a lot of fours, just not the most physical fours, but he can guard most of the fours in the NBA as well, 6'10", um, seven-foot-something wingspan. So, yeah, and the Philadelphia's defense, I think, will take a step forward as well this year. I think we'll hopefully see Simmons and Embiid play in more games, although those two traditionally have both been pretty big injury risks. But, yep, and Simmons – is he could easily lead the league in steals so yeah he's number 1 for me number 2 is a guy who didn't even make a team this year which i think was pretty controversial okay um, drew holiday he oh i misspelt holiday um he's on the bucks this year so i think he'll get some of that shine of like being on the best defensive team in the league like he'll pretty much slum to like what eric Bledsoe was doing for the bucks last year, which is just fighting over a lot of screens, getting a <laughs> lot of steals, like contesting shots from behind. I think Drew is perfectly equipped to handle all those tasks, so he was a pretty easy inclusion for me.
1: You didn't make either team this year?
2: No, and people were upset about it, but I mean, there are a That's lot of good defensive guards in the NBA. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, do, you,
0: do you have um, GT 2 making a team?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, he he wasn't even a guy I I really considered at all. I... Oh, oh oh
0: wait, you know it's a sleeper pick that maybe could be good. I'm yeah. telling you, Andrew Wiggins plays nice defense sometimes, bro. Put that for mine,
2: yeah, bro.
1: Yeah. You did not just say Andrew Wiggins would be a pick for an all defensive NBA team. Bro. Second
0: team. Not this even. Is, three, this bro. is my hypothetical list, Channing.
1: This is
3: his decision.
0: Don't That's not hands. a sleeper. pick. <laughs> well, <not. laughs> hey, you had didn't you? What was one pick? Uh. I don't remember. You had Jimmy Butler winning something. Uh, Freaky, you, I did. Huh? Freaky, I did, dude. It w- w- was it Depoy? Yeah. <laughs> what were the reasonings? Because I wanted to know. Because Jonah did too. He said Jonah's like uh, Shannon probably has his reasons
1: for it. Yeah. Okay. Jimmy is one of the hardest-nosed defenders in the league. He steps up to any challenge, and he's also been one of the top guys in steals per game in the league for many years. And playing with my the Miami Heat his second year, he's just going to keep improving on defense. He's been a Like boss defender since he came into the league, but Miami is just the system they have. I think he's going to continue to improve I think he's going to be motivated from last season, and we've already seen the quotes he's putting out. Like he's ready to go. I think he's going to be deep boy. (laughs) I love how so much
0: you take so much. Like in like, social media plays a big role. I gotta
3: see. I gotta see see Jimmy Butler in real life, bro. It was wild. Really? Actually? Yeah, he came to UP. Oh, because the whole Miami Heat team was at at University Portland, Portland, bro. He saw, like, Bam. I saw Tyler Hero and uh, Duncan Robinson, all them. They all came to...
1: Oh, that's sick. That's super
3: sick. Yeah, dude. It was wild. They were all, like, in the gym right next to us just playing basketball.
1: That's crazy.
0: What the... Yeah, it was neat. And saw Andre Godala. Well, it's because of... uh, What's his face?
3: Because the coach went to University of Portland. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I think the Suns get to practice there, too. (laughs) Their bus was there a couple weeks before.
0: Devin Booker? Devin Booker, bro. Devin Booker is he on an all NBA team? Dude, Devin Booker, are gonna be. I was gonna pick him as one guard. of my guards for like first team. Yeah. Baby. First team. Yeah. Jeez. Hey, dude, if he bubble
1: better. bubble deepa? Bro, James Come Harden's on. trash, bro. I don't know. Yeah, you've but I thought about Booker for my third team, but I didn't oh, James Harden's fourth yeah. team all pro, dude.
0: I'm thinking about Eric Pascal. For first team <laughs> I'm meeting with well, Kelly. Oh dude, Jonah is y- is Gian- oh, There we go. Rudy Gobert. That's what I Okay, thought. Gobert. Okay. What were you
2: saying, Cal? Rudy Gobert.
0: No, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say you what do you think that never mind. You already talked about how there's probably gonna be voter fatigue with Giannis, so never mind. I was gonna yeah, ask if he's
2: gonna repeat. Yeah, that's more in the context. Of um, MVP, like I think. Yeah, that no, I, that's
0: what I was t- deploying MVP, bro. I think. Yeah, yeah
2: I, I still picked him for MVP just because. I mean, at the end of the season, I th- don't think there's going to be really any way for me to justify anybody other than Giannis. Like he's just been so dominant the last two regular right. seasons yeah. that like, there's no way he's not going to lead every statistical.
0: Okay. You didn't category. Shannon, do this your
1: uh, first team all D. I'm, uh, mine is uh, Simmons. Type it in, okay. Uh, Kawhi. I forgot about Kauai yeah. Can I get away with him at guard, please? Or oh, Jimmy?
2: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: At guard. Does yeah. So then Jimmy. Bam.
2: And then Anthony Davis. All right, that's a good team. Um, Oh, I misspelled Anthony Davis. I'm surprised you left AD off yours. Wait. Sheridan loves. Yeah, you're right. I left Anthony Davis out. That's a good point. Yeah, Anthony Davis. Bro, Rudy Gobert, though? Yeah, he was my defensive player of the year, so that's a good catch, Shannon. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Thanks. Anthony Davis is obviously on my first team, and then I guess, spoilers, Rudy Gobert. Did he's make, my He's my center. He's my center. center. Yeah. Jonah. Yeah.
0: Sher- Sheridan loves your spreadsheet mastery. Oh, thank you. You Sheridan. think you can make some of these for, like, NFL sometime?
1: Yeah, that's yeah, of is course nice, dude. you can like get a
3: job just from having that. Yeah, scale. I know, dude. You'd be like a money ball, bro. <laughs> Brad Pitt come hire you to do his stuff. Jonah's
0: gonna be front office for the Blazers. He will. No. Why not, Jonah? Dude, Jonah you always you, shoot,
3: Jonah, you always Jonah,
2: shoot Jonah, You have this potential, bro. You're a wizard. Yeah, that's I that's I there that, there there is no position in NBA. Like there's no front office position that I would accept that I could like reasonably be offered, you know, like, I mean, if they just flat out said like, do you want to be GM? Like obviously, I would say yes, but it's not like I'm going to like grind from the bottom floor up, you know? So, I mean, you could be like the, one of like the, the
3: stats people that do that. You make money and watch games, bro. It's like fun. I don't know. I don't
1: know. That's <laughs> night. Did you already have experience running stats for a team? I happen to know.
3: Yeah. Stacks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. One of, one of my mom's like friends' daughters was like in charge of like PR for the team or something, bro. Of the Blazers. Yeah. Wow. She's like lives there, or she does something for that on their team. She loves
0: it. Make money, just chill. I'm put hey, just put Draymond in the put Draymond in for forward first team. Okay. Put Andrew first team. We're gonna put him in another Bro, Patrick Beverly though. Dude. Put him in Okay, oh this
2: I'm just gonna get through I'm just gonna enter my predictions for this really fast. And yeah, Because he knows you're not you don't know what you're talking then, about. Then then we can get to the good stuff because this is we should just try to finish this up. So I'll go Eric Bledsoe, Marcus Smart, Kawhi Leonard, and then my most improved player, OG Ananobi. I wanted to include Robert Covington, but they're just worn enough spaces. OG in my opinion is the best one-on-one defender in the NBA. He's got such great hips. So he can basically move and stay in front of any guard. So yeah, just a tremendous defender and he keeps getting stronger so he can OG is one of those guys who I realistically think can guard one through five. So easy inclusion for me. Like we've talked about his offensive game before, and I really think that's going to take a leap forward. Um, There is some low hanging fruit. I think he could pick on defense just in terms of getting better. He's still not the greatest off ball guy, Still not, like, the most engaged, like, disruptive forces in the way that, like, say, Ben Simmons on my first team is. But just in terms of, like, a one-on-one guy, you're not going to do better than OG. Oh, Shannon, did you have a, a second team?
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, so, it's Drew? Drew, all right. Uh, Bledsoe, I guess. I kind of have three guards. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, smart. And then Giannis and Yeah.
0: What do you get yeah, I you mean, find Drew Holiday and Eric Bledsoe? Drew Bledsoe.
2: Yeah. yeah there, there you go. Um,
1: some notable
2: know. exclusions for me. I, I did want to get Draymond in there. I do think – I mean, if, if Draymond's not an elite defender this year – like the Warriors' defense is basically screwed. You're putting way too much on the shoulders of James Wiseman at that point. And I think he'll be a solid road protector, but he's going to foul like crazy. He's going to make mistakes. So the Warriors desperately need Draymond to play dude. good defense. And so maybe it, maybe that happens.
1: A sleeper for me, even if I wasn't a Blazers fan. Yeah. Derek oh, Jones,
2: stop.
0: Even if I
1: were Eric Jones Jr., I'm telling yeah. you, dude. He looks good, and he's going to see more opportunities, and I think he's going to be, like, our go-to defender on ball. Would you, would you include him
2: even before Robert Covington?
1: Uh, actually, yes, because I feel like um, – I feel like – like, I feel like oh, – it's so hard to talk about because Robert Covington is so good off ball. He's yeah. really a good on ball, but I just feel like um, Jones is going to be a bigger problem on ball this year. But yeah. I, think, I, I think really they'll probably be equally as important to us but from like a like a voting standpoint, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. The other thing I'd worry about from a voting standpoint, too, just comparing those guys, Covington is going to have insane steal and blocks numbers. Like, I think he's yeah. going to be averaging at least one of each a game. And I think you're correct. And like Derek Jones, we're going to use him against the best wings in the NBA. And he's going to be the guy who, um, who we... Um, throw at, like, the LeBrons and the Kawhis. But, I mean, yeah, they're both tremendous defenders in different ways and just having that yeah, sort of sure. versatility on the wing. is. But can, as a quick aside, do you want to talk about the Blazer defense from last night? I mean, obviously it's a preseason, but there is some pretty serious experimentation going on.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the new idea?
2: Yeah, so basically I'll just – I I'll just use this as a vehicle for giving my thoughts on it. So Terry is using this new s- system or at least trying it with like the hard hedge from the center. So basically, Yusuf Nurkic in his canter comes up and meets Jamal Murray as soon as he comes off the Nicole. Yeah, UK. that's
1: right. what we did in high school at West. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I mean, so that's a valuable thing because um, like you don't want Jamal Murray to have a lot of space out there. But it's, the paint was just so wide open for a, the role man, like Nikola Jokic could just stroll down there and like be yeah, like Will Barden, Gary Harris, like even Paul Millsap kept taking advantage. And I get like, if you've got a super mobile center, like a Zach Collins, like a McClain Tim, like a Harry Giles, like you, <laughs> like you, you can, you can recover and you can, you can get back, you can get back there and you can, you can have like the best of both worlds. You can stop the um you can stop the point guard coming off the screen and recover in time to like tag the roll man and just get back before you give up an easy score. With a more slow footed big like Nurkic, like n- maybe, but with Innis Cantra that's just never. Not, that's just never gonna work. So I mean I think it's time for Terry to take that defensive scheme behind the barn and shoot it, at least until Zach Collins can play again. So
1: that's facts. I agree. Yeah. I don't think that's, I don't I'm not even comfortable with Nurkic's doing that, honestly.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's so, it's just like beyond me. We've spent like the last three years playing the strictly drop coverage scheme and yeah. we finally went out and got two wings and Jones Jr. <laughs> who fit beautifully into it. And now we're going to okay. switch it up and, and like be having a more versatile defense would probably be useful yeah. In the playoffs and so in that sense it's like it's probably a good idea to get some reps in with it in the regular season but I really I really hope that this isn't something that Terry Stotts is um is planning for us to use in order to like win games in the regular season because this, yeah, this season sure. is just not going to help us at all
1: yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm thinking it was most likely just like a he maybe had thought of it and just wanted to see what it looked like and he was like this doesn't mm-hmm. matter mm-hmm It's preseason, so let's
2: shot while we can. Yeah, I hope you're right, and I think you are, because he's been pretty, like, stubborn in terms of, like, his defensive schemes the past few years. And so,
1: yeah, there's no Uh, – Now's not the time to change it, for
2: sure. So I was thinking for the all-NBA teams, we should actually do this a little differently – I think we should just go by position by position. So like I could give my first two guards then Kellen could give his first two, then Channing could give his first two. And that way we have a more like focused area to talk about, you know, just like a more, more um, directioned conversation. I like so. that. Let's do it. So my first two guards were Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic. Yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: Me too. And Now comes the time where I have to try to remember what those special characters are in Luke. Don't Adolf use them. In the um, it's in it like this or no? Shannon, do you want to talk oh, about go. Dame?
1: About Dame Eon Lillard. Okay, yeah. So, um, well, There's I think. That's enough, Jonah. <laughs> regular season MVP. So obviously he's got to be in my first team. You feel me? Uh, I think he's going to, I think we're probably, we might see maybe one point drop back from his 30 points per game last season. We might see him average 29, but he's going to be up there either way, 29, 30. Uh, I think we're going to see him have a, a career high in assist this season uh, with some shooters added to the team and some shooters returning from injuries. I think the assists are going to be abundant for Damon and Lillard, especially coming off with those high screens. He's supposedly, you know, his shot so deep gets those high screens. The assist is so easy from that. He has the middle, he has the wing. It's just so easy for assists. Um, And so, yeah, I think he'll have a career high in assists. I think that'll definitely land him on the first team with his points. And I think they're going to have a great record also. So.
2: Yeah. And I mean, anybody who listened to our awards podcast has basically gotten my thoughts on these players, but for Damian Lillard, it's like Shannon was saying, probably if not the best, the most effective three-point shooter in the league right now uses his spacing to just spread out the floor so much. And is just a complete liability to shoot whenever he touches the ball, whenever he comes off a screen. And I think he leads the Blazers to another top five offense while averaging 30 points a game and like eight assists. And so that's obviously just crazy, like 40% three-point shooting. He's one of, if not the best offensive players in basketball right now. Yeah, I think he can reach nine assists, honestly. Yeah, it's well within the realm of possibility, especially with um, some of the shooters he's got surrounding him this That's year, true. as well as Nurkic coming back. He's like the guy he feels most comfortable feeding in the pick and roll. And then yeah. I went Luka Doncic just because he led the best offense in NBA history last year. He's got all the skills you'd want out of a lead ball handler, except for maybe a more consistent jump shot. I really think like there are so many good things about Luka that I'm just going to nitpick and say, I really think what he's got to work on is that step back three pointer just because it um, just so like it's too easy for defenders to switch onto him right now like at the end of games um, in in like regular season games it's just fine because teams run their base defense anyway but like at the end of regular season games during playoff games like defenses can get away with switching bigs onto Luka Doncic because they can just sag off of him. And if he takes that um, step-back jumper, like sure, he's going to make some of them. But it's like the lesser of all the evils that Luka can attack you with. So defenses are fine giving up that step-back and switching onto him. So I just think that making that consistent will help him out a little bit. But obviously just nitpicking. He's one of the best offensive players in the game. And yeah. that was just his second year. So excited to see what Luca has for us this year. Yeah, I pretty much have the same opinion. I think he's pretty much a no brainer. Yeah. Um, Colin, any disagreement on your end?
0: No. I just think it's hard to make
2: thank you for, for I
0: just think fun. it's hard to make first team when you're the second best point guard in the league, you know. So you gotta put Stephen Curry in there. Okay. And then you got to put James Harden in there. Oh my okay. God. What, dude. Brilliant. Hey, stop with bro! What do you mean? We're getting <laughs> Kelly
3: Oubre <laughs> Jr. Bro. Hey, yeah. we're saving that. That guy's second team all, bro.
0: Yeah. And then, and then, and then, do you want me to just fill out my list?
2: No, no. Um, okay. Oh, are, are okay.
0: we're gonna go. Are we gonna go the remainder of the guards for the rest of the teams?
2: No, we're gonna switch to forwards next on first okay. team. But I think those are two totally defensible picks. I mean, oh. we're, gonna have, we're gonna have, we to have. <laughs> We're going to have to see what Curry looks like as well as Harden. I mean, yeah, it's just tough because I don't really know what to expect of those guys. Like Harden, a lot of it has been made of him being out of shape. And he's always kind of been like a bigger <laughs> guy, especially Big in, the, boy. in the more recent years. And what I'm more worried about is like not so much the size because he's never been like the most athletic player but just like if it does take like even like a centimeter off of his step back like if it just limits his explosiveness just a slight bit and he's generating less space on the step back all of a sudden that becomes a much less like viable option for him and so yeah I, I i'm not concerned about him too much like he's looked bigger before and i mean this is like a consistent theme that seems to happen in the nba every year is like in the weeks leading up to the season we like start becoming really concerned with these guys body types and like nothing ever really becomes of it Wait. most of the times but
1: why does it say steph shoots 100 percent
2: free throw because he does. Because he played. He, these are like their stats from last year. So oh, okay, he, okay. He played oh, okay, like okay. five games. He probably went like fifteen for fifteen or something. Okay, okay,
1: okay.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, he's a great. He's probably the best shooter of all time. But yeah, he hasn't sustained that level of excellence over the. Okay, wait. Season.
1: I have a question for Colin. So, Colin. No, and I don't want to start blushing. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Consider this. Two minds. So you said. Damian Lillard is second best point guard, so he's so Steph's on the first team. So consider this. Let's say the Blazers finish with a better record. Damian Lillard averages more points per game. Does he deserve first team over Steph or not? That's like a different thing though.
0: Okay, you're saying that if Damien has a better season than Steph, should he be first team? Yes. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Isn't that fair? Because I mean, like, he, cause even because if you think about it. Damien has probably more talent on his team. So for him to stand out that much, Stefan's going to be taking the majority of the load offensively, probably this season in order for them to even have a good season. And if Dame, Well, you
1: mentioned Brad Wanamaker being a big Dude, part shut up. of... Shut, up,
0: shut, up, bro. <laughs> shut up. Okay, I was off that. I was off that podcast,
1: okay? Stop. Okay, okay. So, so if, okay.
0: If, if Dame has a better season...
1: Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's say this. Let's say this. Let's say the Blazers have a better record... And they have like essentially equal stats. You give it to Dame. I mean,
0: I'm I, I, at that point, I if they had similar stats, I don't know, I'd be interested to see what the Warriors record would be. Yeah, if it wasn't that far off, I don't think it'd be. I don't know. I'll, okay, like sure, I don't know. It, it would just really depend on what the just, Warriors sure.
1: record would be, right? Yeah, I was just wondering how far your loyalty would go.
2: The thing I'm really, <laughs> the thing that I would really be interested in, I think this is kind of a key question space. is <laughs>
1: what
2: are, what are the things that Stephen Curry really does better than Damian Lillard at this point? And obviously those things do shooting. exist. Shooting everything. Well, we get, shooting, I would say.
0: Steph finishes. You know, I mean, they, yeah. they do
2: the things. Wait, can, I, can, I, can, like... I, can I finish my thought experiment? Let him finish. So I think the most important differences in their two games is I think Steph's a much better off ball mover. He uses his um, like gravity to just bend the defense and warp the defense in ways that are very helpful to mm-hmm. running in offense. And that's something that Steve Kerr has like done a masterful job of designing around. And the Warriors have had the talent on their teams to exploit those advantages that Steph and Curry can create for them. What I'd be worried about. And he can also use that movement to create shots for himself, which is like, like obvious, but worth mentioning. What I'd be worried about is like the surrounding cast, Kev Kelly, Ubra, Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, like three guys who aren't necessarily the smartest NBA players, not, not guys who I think we would categorize as super high field players. So how well those guys will be able to like reap the rewards of, of the space that Steph Curry creates for them. And who's going to be, like, setting Steph up for the shots? Like, I think Draymond. he, Bradley. I would I would love to see Draymond in almost like a bam out of bio role where he operates out of the high post a bit and sort of, like, operates the offense from a forward position. But, yeah, I just don't – I don't know if full Steph's catch and shoot is going to be as high volume as it was during his, some of his better seasons. And then he's a better passer than Dame. I think we can all agree on that. Um, in pretty much every scenario, like I can't really think, I can't really think of like a type of pass that Damien can do better than Steph. But I mean, like Dame's assists, I wouldn't be surprised to see them be better than Steph's, just because like Dame is gonna pass it to like forty percent three point shooters, like Gary Tringe and C J McCollum, even like the non shooters in the Blazers rotation like Carmelo Anthony and Robert Covington are still well above league average. So the Blazers worst shooters are probably better than the Warriors best shooters on the wing. I mean, like I'm a huge Michael Mulder fan, but I don't see him playing that much. And Andrew Wiggins and Oubre don't really inspire me a lot. So I just think Dame's teammates are going to have a tremendous effect on his individual success. Whereas Stephen Curry might have to be like finding ways to succeed in, in spite of the talent around him so that's that's just kind of my take on why I picked Damian Lillard above Stephen Curry I think Steph's gonna have a wonderful season but I mean yeah that's that's mainly my take as to why like Dame might have better numbers and so yeah that there it is
0: Dame's a little more clutch than Steph
2: I mean I I don't know I I feel like well I feel like uh I mean yeah. yeah I don't know I just feel like Dame had
1: like, he's more of an inside threat. And so I feel like that's partially what makes our clutches is because he's just harder to, like, he can just do, like, like, in a clutch situation, you don't know what he's going to do. Like, I feel like Steph is less likely to attack you off the basket. We've seen Dame go to the rack for game winners before,
2: so it's just harder to guard in a clutch situation. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Dame... Like I, I, I'm starting to have a hard time calling Stephen Curry a better shooter than Damian Lillard. I think if you just like lined up a hundred threes like around the arc and just had him shoot them all, like Steph would probably make more than Dame. But Dame is just so much more aggressive looking for a shot and yeah. takes much harder shots and just uses that weapon in a much more dangerous way than Stephen yeah, Curry does. I- And I think we might see Steph have to resort to some of the tougher shots in basketball because he's not going to be like spoon fed, um, catch and shoot threes the way he was in like the prime Golden
1: State. Teams can afford to smother him now because.
2: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if Stephen Curry can rise to that challenge and sort of do some of the things we saw Damian Lillard do last year. And I mean, I, I think Steph is certainly capable of it. So, but like whether, whether he'll be able to or not, I think is a big question and whether or not he'll want to like Steph, Steph, maybe like one of those guys who would just like rather run out an offensive possession, like get his teammates involved, just kind of see a play through. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be, I don't know if he's has that Damian Lillard mindset where he'd pull up from 38 feet. And I honestly think that would be a mistake if Steph like wasn't uber aggressive but i mean he hasn't had to be really in the past mm-hmm. unless he's wanted to
1: i think you should also mention how good dame's gotten at uh drawing
2: the foul on the yeah. field. <laughs> that's a tremendous point too i hadn't even thought to mention that but yeah that's that's if anything has made like dame even more scary because you can't i mean as much as you have to you can't really afford to like guard him too closely or otherwise he'll just stop added on a dime and it's three free throws so that's a great yeah. and that's something that dame's really mastered recently so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that channing because i think that's an important part of dame's game as well yeah are you guys ready to move on to forwards i am okay so
1: i would assume they're pretty much an agreement across the board yeah
2: do you want to give yours first
1: lebron in it and you yeah
2: yeah And that's who
0: I had as well. Colin? Maybe KD. And uh, let's just go Libran. LeBron, and
2: then for Centered? KD over Giannis. I like that. Yeah, Yeah. so is there yeah. is there a reason you're down on Giannis this year? No, I or just thought
0: he... I switch it up.
2: You know? Yeah, I mean there are so many good forwards in the league. And Kevon Back, like he's wrong.
0: literally he's a savage.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's any chance that Giannis misses All NBA First Team. He's just been so dominant over the last few years like there's no nba team that has a scheme to stop him in the regular season he was the most efficient player like in nba history according to some statistics like some all-inclusive stats like per or what have you last year and it wasn't particularly close so i think if he can continue to put up those numbers i don't really think there's an argument for him not being the best regular season player in the nba let alone him not being a uh, top two forward in the regular season. So, <laughs> and any other Giannis thoughts? And I mean, Oh, sorry. One more before I go, but um, I think he's going to play a lot more minutes on the bucks this year because their front court depth. Once you get past Giannis is pretty miserable. Like I don't, I don't know how excited Mike holzer is to put Bobby Portis and TJ Wilson out on the court, but I do think Giannis is going to be asked to play a few more minutes. And possibly take on some more challenges defensively. Although, I mean, he was the defensive player of the year. So I don't know how much more he can do on that end. But yeah, I think Giannis has been the, easily the best player in basketball the last two years. And if anything, I think he'll take another step forward and be even better this season. So this was just really a no-brainer for me. Did you feel the same way, Chairman?
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, we talked about before how he's just a regular season dominator because teams are just realistically not going to drop like a – Situation like Miami did in the playoffs to stop him on a, yeah, game basis, so.
2: yeah and even fewer teams have the personnel to even execute, a right, yeah. like Miami did. Like those Jay Crowder, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler's, like they don't necessarily grow on trees. So Yeah, and that, I think that's an underrated um, aspect of sort of the story of Giannis Antetokounmpo so far is the defenses that he's gone up against in the NBA playoffs, like Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam like that Toronto team, like they definitely had some key pieces. Um, Like Kawhi just had an absolute masterclass against Giannis in that series. And then the players we talked about with the Heat, like Eric Spolstra and Nick Nurse, both tremendous defensive coaches. So, yeah. Yeah. So Giannis has definitely had a tough road in the playoffs. And I mean, that's partly been his own fault. Like there are some limitations in his game that those coaches have been able to take advantage of. But yeah. So, should we move on to sinners Callan? Yeah. do you wanna do you wanna
0: <laughs> yeah we've been discussing we've been discussing wanna... our um lineup for like the next like the next teams and stuff but i think oh, our consensus i think our our pick we've come to agreement that if the process stays healthy we're gonna give him first team
1: wow.
0: second <laughs> <laughs> so
2: team's Brooke Lopez but I don't <laughs> know. do you yeah. have any
0: thoughts on that is that a bad pick i don't know
2: uh, I would I would be concerned with how many games he's going to we play.
0: Because we were going to say AD, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't
2: know. dude. Y'all, are gonna yeah, I, I went with Anthony Davis, and I imagine Shannon. Um, do you agree with Anthony Davis?
1: Yeah, Anthony Davis is leaps
2: and bounds better than Joel Embiid right now. Yeah, yeah I mean, and it, I think it was just fascinating, right. like, yeah, be in. in terms of just, like, Defensive Player of the Year. And, I mean, for a sooner, this also um, obviously has to carry over into all NBA. But just Giannis Kumpo defensive player of the year, we saw what he did against the Heat. He had a fine series. I mean, they were better um, without him on the floor. I think that's a lot of noise, but, I mean, he was fine. And then Anthony Davis, though, just demolished the Heat. He, Anthony Davis dominated that series on defense. So just seeing that kind of juxtaposition, like Anthony Davis, I thought had a much better showing. Yeah. So, yeah. And, I mean, partly was just the way – the uh, Lakers scheme is kind of set up like obviously staying in the paint will get you a lot of those like easier blocks. I mean, like when Kendrick Nunn is driving at you, you basically just have to like stand there with your arms up. And I mean, it's automatic, but I thought Anthony Davis was awesome. And in, in that series. And so, yeah, I guess I, I don't really know how that connects to all NBA center, but I just think he's transformed himself into the most dominant defensive player in the NBA. Yeah, I agree.
0: We've got some spicy picks for the next guys. <laughs> Do
2: you want to make your case for Joel Embiid before we move on?
0: Well, just hasn't he just struggled to stay on the court like consistently with injuries?
2: Yeah, I, I I'm surprised you chose that as your case for him, but I that that is true.
0: <laughs> um yeah, but I don't know. I mean I obviously haven't watched a ton of Joel Embiid in some. Yeah, I mean, he's, mean, a, he's a he's a good player. Like-
2: and they yeah. surrounded start- they surrounded him with mud here. I was going to talk about Joe Embiid when I got to him, but let's talk about Joe Embiid now because he's actually a guy who I have been thinking about quite a bit recently. Because he is a dominant post-up player and he, he's such a good scorer out of the post. Like he can back down almost any center in the NBA and he's got decent touch. So all those hook shots um, are a weapon for him. And he's so physical. He draws a ton of fouls, but you don't want to foul him because he's a good Free throw shooter, And so that's just the, that's just sounds like an ideal post player. What I kind of struggled with. And I think what was evidenced last year in the playoffs is just like how that archetype um, in the absence of other more well-rounded skills is just not as valuable on offense. Cause we kind of saw the Celtics just happily concede those points to Joel and be in the, in the uh, post. And he had a tremendous scoring series. Like he scored a ton of points, but his passing was so limited that he had a trouble like setting up shots for his teammates, albeit his teammates were not very good shooters. Like um Shake Milton was probably like, and I mean Furcon Korkmaz, but just like you damning with faint praise to say that those two guys were the best shooters on that Philadelphia team. And he also, like, when you have a post-up center like that, you need somebody to throw the entry pass to him, like, to get the ball. And without a great point guard, like Ben Simmons was for that series, like, A, like, there's not a whole lot Joel Embiid can do in the post, especially when he's double teamed. He's not a great passer. And B, if he's your best offensive player, and you can't even get him the ball every position. Like, it's just, it. He, as great as Joel Embiid is, he just didn't really feel that valuable during that series. And I'm worried that that could be the case, like in other contexts too. I mean, obviously, small sample size, theater. But what, Shannon, any thoughts about Joel Embiid? Like, any disagreements with what I said?
1: No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it at what you said. I think that
2: was a good take. Okay, cool. Um, second team. Should we move on to second team? Yeah. All right. Um, I guess I'll lead off with the guards again. My guards were Stephen Curry, and then I also. Went with James Harden. So basically, Callen's first team backcourt is my second team backcourt. That's mine as well. Okay. And Callen, do you have me and Shannon's backcourt? Um, I
0: think for our, we put Luca and D Book. All okay. right, bro. <laughs> bro. Nowhere in sight, dude. I
2: don't. We're...
0: So talk to us about
2: about Devin Booker because he's not a guy who I thought.
0: I watched like one game in the bubble last Bro. year. Dude, he's a savage. <sighs> when, when he, he got old. hit, like he straightened that three it fell on the ground.
3: Bro, honestly, was, like, more clutch
0: than Damian Lillard, dude. Honestly, yeah.
2: I mean, and like, he's a great player. Like his scoring portfolio is very impressive at this point. Mm-hmm. I I think that back when we were actually allowed to go to games, like getting to see players up close, like I feel like I gain a lot from that experience like getting to see him up close, I kind of like change the changes the way I think about some of these guys and probably none more than Devin Booker like he's definitely a guy I went away from like the Suns game that me and Shannon went to and I had definitely a new respect for Devin Booker because he's he's so strong in person like if you told me that game like okay Devin Booker on a given possession is going to post up against CJ McCollum. Like, how do you think that's going to work? Um, and I pr- probably would have said like, I mean, CJ's is not the greatest defender and Devin's an elite mid range shooter. And so like, it's probably not the most efficient shot he could have gone for. But I mean, I think like he might hit it like 40% of the time or whatever. Like, I just don't think it would have been a great shot for him, but he's so strong. Like, see, yeah. like he's tough to guard because He's so strong. He's so shifty and he almost, he's not Luca level, but he's one of those players who's so good at using their frame and using their strength to sort of get um, their defender off balance and therefore create angles to like sort of spin into a jump shot. And so that was honestly the most impressive thing to me is just how strong Devin Booker is compared to other shooting guards and how that's something he like leverages to get off easier shots. So and then obviously just like the shooting, the all-around shooting is amazing. So, yeah, Devin Booker is a tremendous player. I, I would have a tough time getting this excited about him, but, I mean, that's just me. Shannon, any Devin Booker thoughts?
1: Uh, I think the concerns really just come on defense, you know. But yeah. Yeah. You, hope, you hope that that will improve eventually, but I, I don't think he's at a second – team caliber yet and uh yeah yeah I mean I don't think that one game winner in the bubble is enough to put him on the second team next oh
2: yeah I mean yeah for sure yeah I'd say he's like Damian Lillard level of defense but obviously game is just so much better on offense so that kind of is I mean with a transcendent offensive talent-like game, you can maybe overlook some of the defensive shortcomings. But, I mean, Devin Booker, he seems to have, like, a solid frame. His feet are quick enough. Like, I think he he could be a good defender, but he just hasn't, like, always been engaged. For the first few weeks of the season last year, he was playing very good defense. So I'd be curious to see him keep that up over the course of a season. I'll be very excited to watch him in the playoffs this year. If yep. the Suns are in fact able to make the playoffs or even like the playing game, I think it'll be exciting to see how Booker adopts his game to the playoffs because I actually think he's a guy who will scale relatively well to the postseason. So if he's more engaged, Oh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. If he, and if he's more engaged defensively, like I really think that would be a treat to get to see that side of Devin Booker. So we'll see. And then on James Harden, I pretty much said what I had to say about James for today. Um, Shannon, any thoughts about Harden? Uh
1: I mean he's he still dominates. I honestly my second team for him is um I think we're seeing obviously some like issues kind of like reminiscent of that whole Scottie Pippen thing that happened with yeah. just attitude stuff and like we don't really know what's going on. And I think it's it's pretty much seeming like he's gonna end up on a different team. And I think in Houston he's pretty much like The team's been built around him, so he's able to do whatever he wants. I think there's going to be some struggle um, adjusting to a different team, but he's still dominant on offense.
2: Yeah, and James Harden, I almost worry even more than Devin Booker on defense just because as limited as Harden is, on offense like he's pretty much become a caricature where he either takes a step back to his right or drives to his left and and takes a floater or gets others. Like we, I talked about Booker having an extremely diverse offensive portfolio. Harden is pretty much the opposite of that. And it just goes to show like you don't necessarily always have to have a super diverse game to be an effective scorer. But anyway, on defense Harden is almost even less versatile because he thrived in that Houston switching scheme because he does have the strength and he does have solid hands. So him going up against most forwards wasn't the end of the world. But if you had to, um, if he had to be in like a non-switching scheme or like, if you, God forbid he was on Philadelphia and he had to plan that drop coverage where he was expected to fight over screens like Harden's, he's just never going to do that. And so I think in a setting where the defense defensive scheme isn't like catered to his exact skill set like that would be something that i think would concern me even more so forwards um Shannon, do you want to lead us off for that uh i have uh katie and Kawhi. okay yeah both very good picks
1: yeah i'm i'm hoping K- katie returns to a second team season I want the best run. And I've talked about Kawhi before. I think he's yeah, one of the most dominant players in the league. It's just obviously the regular season is like he takes time off and stuff. but So that's why he's not really not first team to me. And obviously there's there's just so many good forwards, but he's one of the best players in basketball.
2: Yeah. And I mean, like Kevin Durant, I, I said before, I hesitate to take too much from the preseason, but at least it looked like Kevin Durant had his some of his athleticism back. And so – I mean, that was promising. And he he was like, he was hitting some tough shots too. Like he was being guarded by Rui Hachimura for who, for all his defensive limitations, he's at least a tall guy with a decent wingspan. So theoretically, if he's able to stay in front of Kevin Durant, which he was on a couple of possessions, he was able to get a good contest on the shots. And Katie was just like his old self, just splashing that mid-range over Hachimura and so that was very encouraging there were a couple of plays where he um pushed off of that injured Achilles and even pushed off that injured Achilles through contact and that if anything was even more promising to me just sort of seeing him go back to like the sort of the moves that caused him to tear that Achilles in that game sure. like Golden State and so just seeing that conveys to me that he has like absolute confidence in his body right now. And that that's the most important thing because yeah. he's a world class scorer. And as long as his like body is working, he'll be able to figure out the rest of it. So yeah, very promising stuff from Kevin Durant. I think that is those, those two guys are again, the, uh, these same guys that I had on my all NBA, um, the second team: Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. Nice. And um, Callum, who did you guys?
0: Oh baby, up? we've got Giannis. Okay. And we've got Jason Tatum.
2: Right. Yeah. Both both good picks. I would have liked Giannis a little bit more on first team, but I mean.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: I if better late than never.
0: If anything, it would be. I think KD. I, I I think I would swap LeBron and Giannis maybe. I don't know.
2: For yeah, I, I it's it's fine. I mean it could, it's totally possible.
0: Yeah. And then so. our and then our our third team's a freaking mess, no, Kellen.
3: Our third team's great. What do you mean? <laughs> well we haven't done our centers yet, Kellen. Oh so yeah, we Japanese haven't had done self.
0: centers yet, dude. All right, um yeah, who's your guy's center? We put uh Anthony Davis. We put Joker. No, we do no, we put AD, 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 AD. Yeah. With Yusef Nurkic at a close runner-up there. And
3: we? then
2: I act, I actually did have Nicola for mine. Hey, here, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I like yeah. it. Joker, baby. And then, yeah. Who did – oh, because we put freaking Joel. Oh, my God. <laughs>
3: we put Joel Embiid. Dude, he's on baller. Yeah, like I Venus. mean – who knows? I'm telling. Our first team is going to be the first team in the NBA this year, dude. I'm telling you, yeah, right, dude.
2: Yeah, and Nikola Jokic is um, just probably one of the more well-rounded offensive players in the NBA. Like, he's a bona fide three-level score from the center position and surround him with um, weapons like Michael Porter Jr., Will Barton, hopefully will be back. Obviously, Jamal Murray is there. And so just tremendously set up for his success. He could – He's basically gonna average, I would imagine, very close to a triple double. And so yeah, he's a great player. Um probably the best center in the NBA right now, if you classify Anthony Davis as a forward, which I do. So yeah. Um, are you guys ready to move on to third team? Shannon, do you have anything to say about the centers? No, let's go. Third team. All right, third team. So my third team guards were uh Trey Young. And then I really, really wanted to include Ben Simmons. And, oh, I don't know. I want to. Do I put in Ben Simmons? Um, No. Wait, Cannon, who do you have? I want to see who you have first before. Okay. Trey Young.
1: Is there. Is there any chance that I can actually know? You know what? I'm going to take. So I'm going to go. This makes no sense, but I'm going to go Kyrie and Trey Young.
2: Okay. Yeah. And Kyrie is. He's the other guy I'm considering. He was, he was the guy going up against Ben Simmons for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I got to go with Kyrie. I mean, you're right. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I really want to include Ben Simmons because I think Ben Simmons is going to have a huge year, but yeah, Shannon, tell us what we can expect from Kyrie Irving.
1: Well, okay, so I think his whole little uh, refocusing scheme is going to work for him. I mean, he's obviously yeah. like a, an eccentric dude. Um, I mean, we've seen what he's capable of, and he's just had some weird situations with ba- in Boston, obviously, and then he was battling injuries last year, but it seems like him and Kyrie are having a great time together, and um, I'm hoping he stays healthy, obviously, but uh, he dominates when he's on the floor offensively. And I think Katie's actually going to compliment him well. So,
2: yeah. And kind of lost in the injuries and the uh, personality weirdness of Kyrie Irving's 2019, 20 season was the fact that he was having his best season as an NBA player. Like he was yeah. putting up tremendous statistics, obviously. Like, I think he was high twenties and in points and he just, his shot looked better than ever. Yeah. Uh, all his handles and stuff. They looked awesome. And then, like Steve Nash, uh, like in a, one of the best point guards of all time, combined with Mike D'Antoni, who has had historically had like success molding offenses around elite guards like your Steve Nash, like James Harden, like I think those two guys will really like do whatever necessary to set Kyrie Irving up for success, and Kyrie is more than capable of capitalizing on that, which is I is why. Um, I might go back and change it later, but I no, I, I think I gotta go with Kyrie over Ben Simmons. I think that's a good pick. Yeah. Callan, who did you guys go with?
0: Okay, so I think it's time that we give respect to the guy that we should probably give respect to. So for my guards, I'm gonna go John Wall and Chris Paul.
1: Okay. I actually thought about John Wall.
0: Am I forgetting a good point guard?
2: I mean Damien yeah, you Lillard. are Dennis Schroeder, bro. That oh, guy's a savage. Yeah, that's right? That's right. And then Damien Lillard would be the more <gasps> guy here. Oh,
0: no. Oh, dude, Derrick Rose, bro. <laughs> oh, Donovan Mitchell.
2: <laughs> yeah, Don.
0: Donovan I, was, I was, was. We were deciphering whether we should put John Wall we, or Donovan we had, we had Kyrie
2: originally. We had Kyrie,
0: but you guys both put Kyrie. So we had to, to switch it up.
2: Yeah, I oh. have a hard time seeing John Wall. Bro, John Wall's been I mean, on a mission. What's Uh, on a mission or not? I I don't know.
0: What do you think is more likely to happen? Steph Curry, first team, Trey Young, third
2: team. Uh, Trey Young, third team. Yeah, okay. All right, right. in this scenario, like, is it at least third team? Like, if Trey Young is second team, like, would that still count? No, I I don't know. At least third team, at the most, third team, bro. Yeah, yeah like, I think Trey Young would make in all NBA team before Steph made first team. I just think that Trey Young was already such a heliocentric player so I have no concerns about him like getting his own points and getting his own shots off. Oh, sure. But then you surround him with like the plethora of shooting and wing talent like Bogdanovich, Gallinari, John Collins, um, like who am I forgetting? Even Tony Snell can hit threes, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. You would think they improved off last year. Like I just think and Clink Capella, an elite a rim runner and a vertical floor spacer who should like in theory draw defenses away from train maybe open a little bit um, more of the floor out for him to get off like his floaters, which are a world at a world class level. So I just think this offense is so good for Trae Young. And he's already a guy who's used to like hunting out his own shots and being really aggressive. So I am expecting big things from Trae Young this year.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Dude, the, the okay. Hawks. Were, were they looking kind of? Were they playing? Everybody was bogged on and uh. Did
2: yeah, Gallo I think so. I haven't caught a Hawks game yet, but I need to watch fun. because
0: their basically. roster sounds good on paper. Same with the um.
2: They had a good teams. off season, definitely. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, offense. and the Hawks, especially offensively, like I wouldn't be surprised to see them have a top ten offense. I think more realistically it'll probably be in like that eight to 12 range, but they've got elite level floor spacing and then they've just got an absolute pick and roll maestro in Trey young. I think they'll run into some of the same issues they did before without Trey on the floor. And then obviously the defense is very much a work in progress. Um, We have yet to see what Clint Capella looks like this year. I think he's played limited minutes in the preseason, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how this team does gel once the uh, rubber meets the road. John Wall was a guy I was kind of curious about on your team, especially if Harden sticks around. There's just no way that wall gets the statistical profile of an all NBA guard. Um, Is this kind of banking on the fact that Harden like gets traded and they don't like, I mean, even if they trade him to Philadelphia, you get Ben Simmons back who in theory would sort of marginalize the wall role in houston so let's go hey.
0: let's go donovan mitchell instead what
2: are you sure i mean i
3: don't yeah want, yeah don't let's do Don, about let's
0: about do let's do donovan mitchell what because you made a you you brought up a good point there because there's it would be really tough for two guards on the same team to make it all nba team right
2: yeah or i mean I definitely do it like every <laughs> time they're healthy though i just think John Wall in particular. So, but CJ McCollum and come on, come on Anthony, bro, they do it too. <laughs> so, do you guys want to do forwards now, Channon? Do you want to lead us off with that?
1: Yeah, sure. I went with um, Tatum and Butler.
2: Yeah, and I like having Jimmy Butler on there. Like, if you think he's a like if he's a defensive player of the year, like for sure he's going to be good enough because I, at at this point it sounds crazy to say, but like I have more confidence in Butler's offensive game than his defensive game. Like he's, he's just turned into such a smart offensive player and like, yeah. Even he, the, yeah. yeah and even though the shot's not very good, he gets fouled so much that just like yeah. there's so much low hanging fruit for him. Cause he, he gets to the free throw line, like as much as anybody in the league. and, and then he,
1: he will knock down the shot when he asks, he's actually yeah. a
2: very clutch player. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's like i was impressed like he's he can flip the switch on and off like yeah more than any other NBA player. Cause there are games where he just doesn't shoot it at all. And he might finish yeah. with like 12 points and it would be like a Goron game or a Tyler hero game. Yeah. And then when he really needs to like, he can score like 14 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, um, what was it? Was it like game five against the Lakers? I'm pretty sure it was game five of the NBA finals. Yeah. That was one of the funnest games I've ever watched. And Jimmy was just like deep, um, reaching so deep into the, his baggage tr- tricks with like the mid range, Post steps and all that stuff. So like, yeah, he's a treat to watch for sure. And if he's like that um, defensive player of the year level, even if he makes all defense team, I would definitely have a hard time excluding him um, yeah. from one of these lists. Yeah, um,
0: I love Jimmy Butler there, dude. I think Jimmy Butler, if he transitioned to the NFL, he'd be a beast tight end, dude. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I'm about. I'm about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. It's okay,
2: I don't care. I went with uh, Jason Tatum as well, and then I had uh, Jimmy Butler's teammate Bam Adebayo as my other forward. Okay. Yeah.
3: That's fair.
2: I just think maybe Butler's the better defender, but I think Adebayo is the more impactful defender. It's been a couple of years since we've really seen. Butler fully exert his powers on defense. And obviously he's a tremendously smart player. He, he gets a lot of seals. Like he's still very disruptive. And when he's locked in, like there are very few players better than him, but he spent more time on like more secondary threats. He's not going to, he's not going to necessarily like guard your LeBron James or your Jason Tatum's and just like for 30 minutes in a regular season game. And so that's, that's the only differentiator where I would say that like, Bam out of bio just from a regular season perspective, might be a little bit more valuable. And then they basically run the offense through Bam at this point. So he's like the uh, cornerstone for their offensive scheme, like the handoff game with like Robinson or Hira. Um, He's just so integral to what they do on both sides of the ball. He just got his um, huge rookie extension this summer. And so, yeah, I just think he's a guy their organization believes in. For good reason. And I'm, I'm going to have him on my third team. Colin, yeah. who did you guys come up with for forwards?
0: Um, so we're going to go cow high. Kauai. Okay. I think we're getting a little bit of sleeper here, dude. We're, having, we're having fun here. Mm-hmm. We're going with the 2019 first overall pick. As Channing likes to say, Zion Williamson. Third team. <laughs> Yay, baby. We're gonna say he has a good year this year. Oh, Lonzo is gonna down. be feeding him. Brandon Ingram,
3: feeding spacing
0: him. the floor. Am I using that term correctly? Feeding don't know him. if I am. And J.J. Redick feeding him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. we're feeding going him. Zion Williamson has big time year. Mardi
2: Gras also feeding him. Who else? You don't get. Thing <laughs> that I am thinking with Zion Williamson is, I think in a vacuum, the idea of him and Lonzo running pick and rolls is just very enticing and given like Zion's athleticism and Lonzo's feel for those like lob passes or even like full court hit ahead passes like an outlet passes like Lonzo is a wonderful rebounder at the guard position and Zion can get up and down the court like very fast and so I do like the idea of them together where I start to have trouble seeing it being pieced together I think we've talked about this I just don't like the idea of steven adams on that team standing in the dunker spot like where's steven adams standing on the floor like we talked about spacing i'm sure like the pelicans have some good shooters but like that pick and roll with zion and lonzo which in theory should be where zion gets some of his easiest baskets and i do think that will be like one of um, Stan Van Gundy's favorite place to run just because, um, Zion is such an explosive talent in that regard and he should be an elite rim runner. He's got a great body too for setting screens. And so, like, that should be a very productive play for them. But just having Steven Adams in the paint, um, like, he's not going to space the floor. And so, um, Adams, man, like, Uh, the guy who's guarding Stephen Adams which will in all likelihood be the center of the opposing team will just have zero ground to cover to sort of stand in Zion's way and protect the rim as Zion rolls to the basket and that should lead to Zion shooting quite a few free throws like he will probably get to the line more but it'll just cause his field goal percentage at the rim to I would imagine crater like it could even lead to injuries like it's just going to make the court feel a lot smaller. Like it's going it, it's yeah, I, I just don't love that fit. I just think it's going to make a life a lot harder. Um like I would much rather have a shooting big man like a Miles Turner or something just to clear that paint for um like Stan uh and do you have any response to that any reaction?
1: Uh well, I just have a hard time putting a non all-star caliber player on an NBA team, but yeah
2: yeah and i mean like zion he could get to that level like he averaged 23 points a game in the few games he did play last season so i mean we've seen it from him but yeah Yeah. it is a little troubling it is a little hard for me to like make this big a leap of faith based off those 19 games but yeah i do think if he's like in shape if he's healthy like all these caveats like he's a wonderful offensive player a great offensive rebounder although again with steven adams you wonder how that will be impacted but
1: yeah for sure yeah
2: i think like he has the the upside is so high that i mean i don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that he could find his way onto third team but yeah it's a bold prediction but that's good
0: thank you it was just for funsies
2: yeah. Do you want to share your center with us, Colin?
0: Let's go for the man that plays as the five for the Portland Trailblazers. Yusuf Nurkic, baby. Let's go. The best player on the team. He looks like Baby No Money if Baby No Money was freaking
1: massive. His hair his new hair looks terrible. I haven't seen it. It's bad. Apparently he wanted to bleach it and his barber was like, nah, that's gonna look bad. And so it's like a it's like an
2: orange. And, uh, he's he's the new Bill Walton now. He's gonna he's <laughs> gonna lead us to a championship just like Bill did.
1: That's Let's go, high. baby!
2: Best player. Yeah, um, I went with Joel Embiid. Same here. Did we 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 agreed on everything except I had Bam out of bio instead of Jimmy Butler on yeah. So that's good. It's good that we're in lockstep now. So, yeah, yeah Joel Embiid, I, we, I think we talked about him. Um, for all his deficiencies, for all of the reasons I worry about him in the postseason, uh, he still has a wonderful post score, gets a ton of rebounds, a great rim protector. And the supporting cast around him is more suited to his strength. And it should be harder to double team him just because you don't want to leave shooters like Danny um, Green, like Seth Curry, open. Um, we'll see how we'll see how the uh, combination of him and Ben Simmons works this year. I do think that the jury is sort of still out on how that will work in the half court, but if it will ever work, the shooters that they have on this team now are like, I don't know. I think that both those players are set up well for success this year. And I think specifically B, who touches the ball so much and is just so dominant in the post, especially the, um, especially like, Brett Brown used to do this. I don't know if Doc Rivers will carry on this tradition of having Joel Embiid um, play a lot of his minutes against um, the opponent's backup units, and so Joel Embiid gets to like play in the post against backup centers and just get super easy buckets that way. Like Joel Embiid is always a guy, and he just puts up great stats, even if he isn't the most well-rounded, efficient offensive player in terms of like other parts of his skill set. So, yeah, there you go. For sure. Um, do you want to talk good. about Yusuf Nurkic for a second?
0: What? Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs>
2: no. um, well, I just think
0: it's a fun pick. He's the best player on the Blazers. When I was so, watching um, him in the bubble, which is where I get the majority of my information from, bro, his he leg, looks kind of good. His leg is the strongest I mean, I, there, was, there was a few times in a couple games where he was almost the heart and soul of the offense at times. Like, he was kind of dominant, getting boards and stuff and finishing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's good. And he's like, so he's pretty athletic. And like, obviously he's a legit player, but he's, re- he's pretty coordinated for a big man. So yeah. those, are my, those are, those are my picks. It's so uh, funny. Yeah. Your guys' picks compared to me and Sheridan's lists, because mm-hmm. your guys' are pretty similar and then ours are kind of out there. Like, look at, literally, our third team, dude.
2: <laughs> yeah, I want to make
0: Chris Paul, Kawhi, which Kawhi will make a team probably, and then Zion and Zion Houston will make a team, obviously,
2: bro. First of all. I think the biggest exclusion from your guys has got to be Damian Lillard. Um, but I don't know. Uh do you have, did you have a reasoning, or I mean, there are just so many good guards in the NBA that like people have to get left off. Is there any? Like, was there something you, like, were knocking Willard for? Or it wasn't no, just, like...
0: I think it was just because there's just so many other good guards in the league that, that I just kind of spaced when I was making the teams, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's fair. The, the league, the talent is at an all-time high. Well, if not an all-time high, close to it. Like, there are so many good players right now. So you really, you I really guess- can't go wrong.
0: I guess what doesn't really make sense is when I pick Damian Lillard to win MVP and then he doesn't even make it all-team, <laughs> NBA all-team. Yeah. Did you that pick doesn't, him? doesn't Do make too him? much
2: sense there. I think I Do did pick, pick – did I pick him? him to win MVP? No, you picked Kevin Durant.
0: But he – Damian – it was because you – it was because – it was because Wesley picked Dame because I wanted to pick Dame because I was – because you went with Giannis and I remember – yeah, Hayden went with Jason – and if no one else said, I should have known that Wesley was going to pick Damien. But I was going to go with Dame if no one else picked him. Just to let you know. But KD is my second pick. That's but you made a good point, though. KD, he might be like minutes restrictions, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that might hurt him in the MVP race. But, yeah. Dude, all of these, all of these slides look so
2: professional,
0: professional bro. Joni, you should be a proud man.
2: All right, well, thank you. Um, yeah, and we'll have to figure out a way to format the uh, postseason prediction video because exactly. I think that one should be pretty fun. Um, yeah, because, um, yeah, yeah, it's a lot different talking about these teams in terms of like playoff success than it is regular season. So that will be fun. All right, thanks for coming on, you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you guys. Yes, sir. See,
2: you. see you guys.
0: All right, bye bye. Go ahead.